0: On this episode, LeBron James is going, going, back, back to Cali, Cali. to episode 26 of the Green Light Podcast. It's your boy POC and E-Frage back on the saddle. And LeBron James is a Los Angeles Laker. I cannot wait to see the Kobe fans and the LeBron haters or former haters come together and unite.
1: Dude, it is wild. I'm still like, this happened, what, 20, not even 24, not even 24 hours, hours ago? Yeah, last night. I'm still pretty shook as a, like, LeBron's my favorite athlete of like my lifetime i never actually thought it was going to happen it seemed obviously more and more likely the past like few days but the fact that this man is just going on his own didn't follow the model of like all right these guys are automatically coming with me like as we as far as we know and just like it's like all right i'm signing up four years la let's do it
0: yeah, I, uh, you know, a lot of people, first of all, the, the Twitter fingers on every single human being in the world are, are remarkable right now. Unreal. Everybody has an opinion, um, for sure. Now, first things first, you know, the Cleveland uh, fans are certainly not uh, upset. They saw it coming. Um, if you're a Cleveland border-
1: fan, you are upset, like, yeah, be I upset mean, with it, Dan Gilbert, not yeah, yourself. I mean, I I,
0: you can't blame the dude. At this point, it was borderline expected. Um, so there certainly isn't the uh, the vitriol that there was the last time when he went to Miami. Um, I think that this is a business decision uh, just as much as it is a basketball decision, which is just kind of the world we live in, which yep. is why LeBron's going to be a billionaire by the time he hits forty. Um, I I, do, I don't. It, it was like shocking, but also like, oh okay. Like I, I don't know. I kinda had both reactions like whole I just couldn't believe that oh my god this dude's really gonna be a Laker, and then the other half, I was just like, yeah, like of course like okay, I get it, that makes sense. Even if it doesn't make sense right now this year, you to doubt LeBron and anything that he does is,
1: is yeah. dumb. No, you no, know? you're right. And I totally I think like you said a business decision, I think it's just essentially it's a life decision. I mean it's literally yeah. he's setting himself up, he goes, he wants to be comfortable. He's not necessarily I mean, you can say it everyone like ring everyone says ring chasing. It obviously doesn't seem like he's ring chasing no. because Everyone else that essentially has done that, in recent memory, KD's went to, what, a 73-win team. Chris Paul joined James Harden. Um, Kyrie, obviously, going to Boston. That was a different situation. But, like, um, more, much more established teams than LeBron going to a team that won, won 35 games last year. Yeah. Um, but you look at L.A. is obviously a place. He's got two houses. He loves to be there. His He's setting his family up to live in a great place, and his Kids, Bronnie Jr. is going to high school and can go to Sierra Canyon or wherever he wants. He's setting himself up to be comfortable. He can do all these side projects, whether it's movies, whether it's the uninterrupted stuff, whether it's producing. Space Jam 2. Just just hanging out at at Soho House. um, (laughs) Whatever he wants to do. Um, no knock on Akron or Cleveland, but like that, like if it's this is what night. he wants it's to night do night. for his family and then like let the man, the, the man deserves to go wherever he wants, I think at this point. So absolutely 100 um, percent
0: agree. Now we need to break down this roster because yes. the business side, there's no arguing. It is what it is. We get it. The basketball side, I am more and more confused As we go on now, starting starting with him
1: though, are you surprised that he did commit to four years when he wouldn't do more than a year plus an option in Cleveland?
0: Um, no, because I think he knew. This man is not a guy who thinks more in your head. I I think when he was in Miami, he knew. Okay, I'm going to be here. I'm going to do. I he knows. I I now. He may, he may not have known, okay, after Cleveland, I'm going to L.A., but he knew he was only going to be there for a set time. So, no, I'm not shocked. Um, but the basketball aspect of it is more and more confusing. Yeah. We just saw that uh, Rondo signed a one-year deal for $9 million. This The Lance signing m- makes little to no sense for me. Um, and, I look, I, I don't – listen, I, I want to work in the NBA. I don't. So I, I trust the people who, who are getting paid a lot to do this. But – I'm very confused by this roster, man. I mean, JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson, and Rajon Rondo to join LeBron. Yeah. I mean, just the, the the personalities alone, I mean, make make little to no sense. I mean, you throw DeMarcus Cousins in this thing. I mean, my God. I, I, is it going to He's is, got no—
1: sh- It yeah. is volatile, to say the least. He's got um, no shooters.
0: Luol Dane is yeah. at the end of his career. Um, Caldwell Pope, okay, that's is that their— that's I mean, their shooter. that's their shooter. Mon- I think
1: that's more of a clutch sports, A like that's a LeBron. Just as much as he took care of Tristan and, and JR, um, he's a Rich Paul guy, and it's maybe like, all right, well, we're going to get this guy paid and put him with LeBron um, back in L.A. again. But, I mean, it's not like a name that just screams like, oh, this is, uh, this is a perfect fit. By any means. I don't, I don't know if any – like the one thing I feel like that makes so much sense with LeBron is you get spacing, you get shooters – and you get guys that can play and switch on. like To beat the Warriors, you need guys that can switch on to everything. That's what everyone's doing in the playoffs. I think you do have guys that can switch and play different positions outside of maybe JaVale, but um, you don't have any shooters. Like The best shooter is KCP and then probably Brandon Ingram, Who's improving, but certainly not a knockdown shooter by any means. I mean, and then the rest of it's a lot of it's a there's a lot of uncertainties. So yeah,
0: and then even look, everyone's saying, okay, now they got to go get Kawhi. Like Kawhi's not. I mean, look, he's a very good shooter, but he's not. You know, you're not getting a, a you know a Corver a or well, Reddick or Curry with, or anything with like that. Like
1: Kawhi, it's like I mean, if you want to run the offense, th- you 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 want to run the offense through LeBron. You don't want to. You're going to waste uh, waste. Kawhi as like a just like sit in the corner and wait for LeBron to kick it to you. No. I mean, the crazy thing for me, and that brings up, is that and I saw this a bunch on Twitter. Luke Walton is the coach of this team. Luke Walton was drafted in the same draft as LeBron James. I know, isn't that and insane it's insane like just time circles around and works in mysterious ways. And now Luke Walton's the head coach of the Lakers, and LeBron is the centerpiece of the Lakers. Yeah. So he's L- Luke Walton's going to have to fit the pieces together no matter what, and obviously LeBron's still going to have a ton of influence on it. It's just crazy that when you think in the past few years, two of LeBron's biggest nemesis have been Lance Stevenson and Rajon Rondo. And then JaVale McGee is like shacked in a fool like MVP. And then you throw LeVar Ball in the mix oh, of that, that too. That and it's p- like
0: perfect segue. Like, is this the end of the LeVar Ball, you know, sideshow? Because I can't imagine LeBron even allowing him to comment on a game like I, I can just see it happening like you know LeBron they, they lose a really bad game maybe they've lost like three four in a row now at, at the end of a long road trip whatever it is and like LeVar comes out and says something just absurd and is I to me I, I think LeBron will respond in his own way whether it's cryptic or outright but or or is this something where Magic Johnson, LeBron, and LeVar Ball—the the fact that those three are going to be in a room and they say Lavar, you're you're—it's over. Like just stop speaking. Is that? I mean, that's to me is how I would imagine it. But I don't
1: know. The crazy thing for me with the Rondo signing and even shooting aside and fit aside is—and and, this—I didn't think Lon. I don't think they would put Lonzo on the trade block. I, I didn't think they'd want to move him, but. If you're Rajon Rondo, do you really think... Is he signing up to essentially be the backup after he had a pretty solid season in New Orleans? I know he's getting paid $9 That's what million. I'm saying. Who starts? Like, if you, either, you either sit... Do you, you think start Rondo's Ron- going to be okay either, sitting behind exactly. Lonzo? Exactly. So, like, you either, like, stunt the development of Lonzo by giving him less minutes, or you, like, make Rajon Rondo unhappy. It's kind of an odd move to me, and, I, I mean, there maybe there's some things in the background they think are going to happen, but... Ramona Shelburne, 20 minutes ago, said regarding Rondo and the Lakers, source says they told him that with LeBron here, they're trying to win now. Best man wins the job. Yeah, that sounds
0: good, but let me tell you something. Ego sounds a lot crazier than that. And that that's.
1: I mean, everyone thought thought it was the same with like the Mavericks when Rondo went to Mavericks, just didn't work out, and then it was a an awful situation where he was just steaming on the bench. So, um, I mean, that's right now they've got 35 million tied up in LeBron James. 18 million tied up with Luol Deng, which they'll either try and trade or they, stretch they gotta, out. Yeah, they got to cut Luol loose. Obviously, taken care. Of. And then KCP at 12 million, Lonzo 7.4, Brandon Ingram 5.75, um, and then obviously you got Mo Wagner, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, which I like. And yeah, Javail they have McGee like, and good, like good. They have their good like six through ten, but they need their you one think, to five. And, and this is probably my my last question on the on the whole on the subject. Do you think this core right now? is better like do you think they're better than what he had working with him in the finals with cleveland
0: uh if they are it's by a hair i mean it's it's close if they are and i i I would say i would say yes just because they're younger like who do you like who would you rather in your five ingram and kuzma or love and jr it's like right now there's it's the lakers it's the lakers no doubt but you know if you're trying to win a championship it's Probably love, you know what I mean. You still yeah. have K Love. I, I don't know. But
1: and yeah. there, obviously, a million things are going to change when you look at that original Miami Heat roster when he signed there. It was obviously LeBron, D Wade, and Bosh. But then you had guys like Eric Dampier and Eddie House. You had absolute bums ending up the rest of your roster. By the end of that four years, like the last years, like they found a way. I mean, to get guys like Ray Allen. You have guys. Like, I mean, Rashard Lewis. You had guys that actually contributed, so they'll find ways. And it's like as guys come off the books, as they. Find opportunities with different guys, make it work. But uh, at this point, there's so there's still a ton of uncertainty. Other than LeBron James is locked in as a Los Angeles Laker. <laughs> that sentence alone is crazy. But uh, it's gonna be tough for me to get one of these jerseys too. By the way, ooh. I've got it. I've got Cleveland jerseys. I've got Miami jerseys. It's gonna be really, really, to really tough jersey. to buy a Lakers jersey at this point. Wow. But,
0: uh, all right. Well. We'll see what happens with the with the Lake Show. I certainly don't even see them being in the top five in the West this year. Um, so we'll see. Which I
1: think is okay. Yeah, it's, it's it's okay. But
0: but look, for the first time in nine years, is LeBron not going to be in the finals? Is it nine
1: straight? It's uh, it's been eight straight. Eight straight. So four, the, four in uh, four in Miami, yeah, four, four in, in Cleveland. Cleveland. Um, the time. last the last team to come out of the East that didn't have LeBron on it was the Dwight Howard Magic. That's right. put that in perspective and how many teams he's played for since then wow
0: yeah 2009 that's right 2009 was a decision yeah, yeah, 2009, yeah. 2009,
1: 2009 it's pretty uh okay pretty wild
0: let's jump into the draft um i had the chance to go to it for the first time ever which was awesome did, you enjoyed it i enjoyed
1: it it was very cool uh um, did you enjoy it after like the 15th pick or did it get a little old? I went to the bar after about the that's 15th. A, that's the smart That's move. the spirit. Uh, I think it is. It's cool to be. I think everyone should, if you, you have the opportunity, go. you should go and you, you should experience go. it. For me, it got a little stale when I went after like 14 yeah, years. Yeah. Right after now. the lottery, but you're kind of
0: hanging, but it's it's still very cool. Um, so, I, I mean, you know, more Woj Bombs. He basically told us the one and two pick 45 minutes before it actually happened. Yep. So, no surprise there. So, the Suns make a... a um, the smart choice with DeAndre Ayton, and Sacramento goes with Bagley. Now, dot this trade. We'll, we'll skip the ones and twos because, look, they're they're both good players. They're both going to be good. Both expected, and both we already knew about them. So the three and five trade between Trey Young and Doncic, I actually don't understand um, from yeah. the perspective of. The Hawks. the Hawks. I agree. Dallas, you. I like it. Go all in on Doncic. Go ahead. Trade up. I, they did give up a lot. They did have to give up a top five restricted pick for next year. So one through five. I think it, then it's like based off of how the Hawks do or I, I forget the. but they basically gave up definitely a top 10, maybe a top five pick for next year. Yep. Um, now people are saying next year's draft's not that great, so that's why they gave it. It's okay that they Absolutely.
1: gave it up. Um, it was I just, probably and it's probably Dirk's last season as well. So and they just made a move at DeAndre Jordan. So I get they are playing for this year. It's not. I don't think Atlanta's playing for this year, but it's still. It's a pretty wild move to pass that up if you're. If you're, Atlanta. if
0: you're Atlanta that's my opinion I, I think Dallas w- wins here because Atlanta takes a, a massive bet on 175 pound uh, hope to be a poor version of Steph Curry like if he's a poor version of Steph Curry you okay you got it because a poor version of that is really really good yeah so it's like fine but I, you know I, I the thing, I don't know, man.
1: He's gonna. I mean, he's gonna get his shot because this, the Hawks roster might be as bad as Oklahoma's roster last yeah. year. Because like, he's gonna get to do his thing.
0: And did they like? Did they let um, their point guard? I'm they, still they still have Schroeder. They still have. Schreuder. They still
1: Schroeder. So like, and but they've got to figure something out. I don't know. I don't think that's gonna stay long term. The two of them together. But right now, I mean, other than Schroeder, so you have Trae Young, Schroeder, you have Kent Bazemore. Yeah, they. John got Collins is a solid piece, and they drafted Kevin Horder. Um, yeah, they got shout out to that's Coach sure. Carm mentioned before that's his guy from his high school. Um, they drafted Omari Spellman, so they have like young pieces they're gonna try and they're just gonna throw them out there. But other than that, it's like Torian Prince, Mike Muscala, DeAndre Bimbry, Dwayne Dedman. It's a weird roster, Malcolm Delaney, Miles Plumley. <laughs> like, there's a lot of names if you pull them up right now, I guarantee Antonio Antonius Cleveland. That seems okay. like a two K like a fake yeah, like up, creative player, player like we're at the Antonius Cleveland. Sorry to disrespect you, man, but yeah. I'm Faith Baptist Christian Academy. Um,
0: yeah, so I, I thought Dallas won that trade for sure. Um, so we'll see. You know, the, I, I
1: the one thing I saw a lot the people were like, Oh, why is that like you already have Dennis Smith. You guys Luka Doncic and has played, everyone says, oh, he's, he's a point guard, he's got we have the ball. This dude has played essentially off the ball, whether it's with um, the national team or whether it's with Real Madrid. The dude has played with um, Goran Dragic. Yep. He's played with, I want to say, um, sorry, who the, the point guard, I'm blanking on the point guard for, uh, for Real Madrid right now. But I think it's honestly a, a perfect fit. Um, yeah, no, can, it'll work. It'll so definitely work. I think there's, I think there's definitely a, a fit there in, in Dallas, and uh, props to Mark Cuban and, and the guys there for, for find, seeing the player they wanted and, and going after him. So,
0: yep, no doubt. So with the fourth pick, the Grizzlies go with Jaron Jackson. To me, just the that's the highest upside pick in the draft. Um, I didn't like him. I thought he disappeared in games. I don't like his jump shot. Defensively, he's very good long athletic but i you know you and i talked yeah. about this i just didn't i didn't like him as a i pick. thought
1: it was odd too i mean it took a I, they were reporting that he wasn't giving the grizzlies his medicals until like a few hours before the draft because he didn't want to go there hmm. um which i think was interesting he finally like gave in realizing that's most likely they're going to pick him no matter what um i mean in your are jaron jackson like you get to learn behind some vets. Maybe you can can. I, I don't know. I don't know I, I, it's, this Memphis is more of me still being unsaid, unsold on Jaron Jackson to begin with, but you never know. He could be awesome. Um, sixth pick was moving past, obviously, the Trae Young Doncic trade. Uh, Mobama to Orlando.
0: This I like. I, yeah. think, they, I think it's a fit. I think. Uh, he can learn and do well there, and building kind of the a, longest
1: front court in the NBA. I was going to say Jonathan Isaac Mo Bamba, and now they brought back Aaron Gordon. So
0: kind of like a low pressure situation, you know. They can take their time with him, really develop him, and work on his offensive skills defensively. You know, he'll have he'll be thrown in the pick and roll a lot, so they yeah. will have to work on that. But um, you and know, they
1: still yeah they still need a point guard, but I think at that point with Trey Young Donchick, both off the board. I didn't think they needed to like jump for Sexton or jump for no, Shea Gilgis. I just think take the, the value that they can possibly gain from Mobamba eventually being there um, and the way the NBA is turning is is huge. So I, I like I like the pick from, uh, from him. They've got a bunch of bigs. Now I'm finally trying to develop them. Yep. Um, next I thought was an awesome, awesome pick. Um, we were both very high on Wendell Carter. Yep. Bulls picked him up at number seven. They can pair him with Laurie Markkinen. Um, obviously they've yeah, got I, I love the pick. You know, I it think it, a ton of sense.
0: He he has, you know, everyone likes his. Everyone likes to say floor and ceiling. He he has the lowest ceiling, uh, but the highest floor. He's the most like ready player that they said. You know, he can come in and just start right away. While um, we're on,
1: while we're on, Wendell, I, I'm sure you saw this report. and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on his parents basically being upset with kind of uh, with Coach K and kind of how he was sold to come to Duke because they're saying he. He didn't really expect Marvin Bagley to come in and they felt like he was overshadowed by Marvin and obviously he was a top recruit and everyone thought he was going to be Bagley and he was kind of overshadowed and they kind of claimed that they were in the dark. Um, As a Duke guy, what are your, your thoughts about it?
0: I think one there's always three sto- sides to the story. Yep. Their side, Duke's side, and then what actually happened. Um, I think if you're the seventh pick in the NBA draft and you just had a fantastic one year <laughs> at Duke, what are we what are we complaining about? Exactly. Um, but you you know. Uh, who knows what actually – I don't know if it's – What's his, there to
1: come like, – I know maybe they want, him to be, they want him to be a top three pick, but it's not like his huh. stock took a massive hit. He's the seventh pick in the draft, and he showed – he played really well all year. He played
0: great. And what they're – I think what – fine. Maybe the, the pre week coming to was a little shady, I guess, and not telling all the other recruits, fine. Um, but – don't get it twisted. Marvin Bagley being at Duke helped Wendell Carter tremendously. I mean, are you angry. kidding? It was the guard, you couldn't, one of them was going to score. Like, you couldn't, if you yeah. were focusing it, on it Bagley. He played it was, to his strengths because yeah. he
1: was the best passing big probably in the draft. Yeah. And so, like, obviously, he he helped Bagley, Bagley helped him.
0: They, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's
1: a It was kind of really, a weird but move, but solid pick from the timing, Bulls. Sure. I like that. Um, then we go to Cleveland.
0: Yeah, this was, this was, th- these next two picks to me, I think were the worst two picks to have in the draft. It was tough. These very to tough me, spot, yeah. uh, eight and nine. I don't, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't super high on Sexton. Um, people really loved him and raved about him. I was not super high on him. I think he's now part of the rebuilding process at Cleveland, which is going to be very tough. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen in Cleveland's roster now.
1: They're saying, the reports today are saying that, like, don't get it twisted. Kevin, they're very willing to trade Kevin Love. And hmm. I, is that the move? Like, they can probably, I still, blow it up. I, think, I don't know. The, the East right now, I mean, without them, it's, maybe they can be like the 7 or 8 seed. But, like, maybe. Like, do you yeah. want that? Like Or do you just mean, blow it up? I you think, just blow it I up. And I think, Sexton. And- yeah, and I'd love I, yeah. get
0: some picks for next year and the following, and, and see what you can do.
1: Yeah, but um, I don't know people. Uh, people thought, I mean, maybe like this was uh, they were trying to pair like LeBron, like this could help LeBron he gets a dynamic point guard. But at the end of the day, like they, I think they were operating, and the reports were they were operating as if he was leaving no matter what. So yeah. this was like, all right, we'll get our point guard, try and build this way. Yeah, um, and then we go to the Knicks, which. Um, everyone knows, for me to be honest, I love Michael Porter Jr. I wanted, if he fell in the Knicks, I wanted him to take him. After all the reports, not just, not just the health reports, but other things, basically saying he wasn't a great teammate. There's a lot of shadiness behind that. Um, I think they made, as I'm going to say, Kevin Knox is a safe pick because he's such a young guy and has so much un, I'm gonna say untapped talent but has a lot of room for growth. I think it was a a, a Solid pick for them, rather than risking it on um, on Michael Porter Jr.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. I think I know uh, you're not high
1: on Knox. I'm
0: right. not super high on Knox, but I think it's the right pick. Even though I did eight and nine, they were just this was like the weird two three people to draft here. So yeah. I think they were in a tough spot. But I agree. I, I don't think MPJ was the was the play at all. I think that was the home run and then, you know, if he doesn't pan out, you just wasted another year. Yeah. Um, I think this is the safe, solid play. Let him, you know, get paired up with Kristaps and see how they can operate. Um, I'm okay with that with the Knicks. I didn't think they had many other moves, so I'm let okay him, let, with it.
1: Yeah, let them let him develop and and see what it turns into. Um, now at 10, we get probably one of the most gut-wrenching picks and trades i've ever seen yeah and like
0: i thought it was going to be a dream come true for uh bridges mccall bridges i mean his mom is runs hr for the sixers and everyone
1: pretty much projected him to go to philly and to see it actually happen they pick him yeah man had a whole press conference essentially how it's like growing up in philly playing in nova and then being drafted by the sixers how it's a dream come true and then at the end it's like all right, um, we just flipped you to Phoenix, and yep. you're going to go instead.
0: Yeah, I mean, so. he would have took his stuff out of his locker room and walked down the hall. Which I,
1: and I love the pick of Fitwise f- yeah. for the Sixers, too. too. I thought it was like, gives him extra shooting and spacing. You put him and JJ out on the outside. Yep. You can have Simmons do his thing with Embiid down the paint. Um, but... They trade him for Zaire Smith, which I'm sure high, they you like. Know, uh, yeah, another
0: one of those guys that everyone
1: likes to keep saying
0: high upside, high upside. Could be really good. Could
1: be really good. And they got a 2021 Miami first for it, so maybe yep. if they want to make a move, obviously at Kawhi or another player, they can so have the, that asset. But
0: the interesting thing about the 2021 pick is that is the first year that if the NBA does get rid of the one and done rule um that that's that that it'll out. be in yeah that'll be the first year that high school is can come out so it's actually a kind of a strategic pick to to get and i think um,
1: miami might not be that good then but don't you think
0: i don't know it, there's two there's two rules of thought one well first of all that's all back up the, the, philly doesn't have a gm so now i mean it's that's like Brent that's Brown insane kind of yeah. the shots yeah and number two like it, do you say good for them for like kind of kicking the bucket and just like getting a 2021 getting another high upside guy and then the other side is like what are you doing like you gotta you can win the east now like this is your chance to go beat boston lebron's gone go get bridges and keep it moving i don't know well i mean i don't think zayer smith plays a whole lot maybe what 8 15 to 20 minutes a game
1: yeah i i didn't watch him a, a ton um obviously texas tech had a really good year but like yeah uh, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, maybe he is a trade ship. Maybe you send him to San Antonio. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I mean, from
0: basically from this pick to twenty, there's so many trades that went on. Yep. It's kind of crazy. Next they, was next
1: it was the Hornets pick, but they uh, essentially traded it to uh, to the Clippers. Yeah. Shea Gilchrist Alexander um, goes to the Clippers. They've got their point guard, which I think we and we said on the last episode that they're gonna take a point guard with yep. one of their two picks. No, I, I like um, this They're pick. high on him. Yeah, I like this pick. I think it's fair. I mean, and then obviously we'll, we'll skip over Miles Bridges, but you pair him, Shea Gilch-Alexander, you pair him with Jerome Robinson, yep. who we've been talking about since probably episode one. Is the first ever lottery pick in Boston College history. Imagine if you would have said, th- I don't know, three months ago, that Jerome Robinson was going to get
0: picked ahead of, uh, ahead of Michael Porter Jr.,
1: Dude, yeah. this kid. I mean, you got. And he's obviously, good. He, obviously, he's good. I'm, a, I'm a homer here. But you got to give so much credit to BC staff for of developing course. him. Because this dude was a three star recruit from Raleigh. It was best friends with uh, with Mark Gottfried's son playing on the same AU team. Couldn't even get an offer from NC State. Um, by the time he committed to BC, he was like, you know what? I'm going to BC. I'm going to work on my game. Um, funny thing. I don't know if you saw this. Um, our boy Chip Cunningham, VC at uh, at Boston College, posted a story he said. Uh, Jerome Robinson's freshman year, he was out sitting with, out with a wrist injury, and he was sitting on the sideline for him. So he goes, "Chip, what do you, uh, what do you think is, uh, what do you, be realistic? What are my chances of playing uh, in the NBA one day?" And he said, "I thought about it for a minute, gave a long rambling speech about how uh, how hard it is to make it to the next level, how you shouldn't bank on it and get your degree. Finally, I gave him a concrete answer of." 10% chance. So three years later, Jerome Robinson was taking the lottery. He's the number 13 overall pick, the LA Clippers. Presented him with an autographed picture and says, to Chip, 10%? Yeah, okay, Jerome Robinson. So absolute awesome story. Badass. That from, like, day one, just the guy, he's obviously he's uber talented. I remember woo Wu said when he came on. It was like, we're comparing him and Kai Bowman. It was like, Jerome kind of naturally has it. Yep. But... I love the pack of, like, you're putting together a backcourt of Shea Gilch alexander Jerome Robinson. Like, this is your backcourt you're going to build around and I like let it. them develop together. Yep. Obviously, the West is going to be stacked, so yep. they're going to have plenty of time to just um, just absolutely throw them right in the fire and learn. But I like the move from, from L.A. I like it a lot. Um,
0: at 14, finally, the Nuggets scoop up Michael Porter Jr., um,
1: it, high risk high reward but but you can at it's this less point, risk for Denver cuz it's
0: yeah at this it was, point it was one of those things it's like look it's it's pick for we can't keep turning downtown. like the, yeah. you know let's let's see cuz i mean imagine if this guy pans out it's like they just got to steal the draft
1: They re resign Jokic to an extension they've got um they've got uh, Jamal Murray they've got um uh Gary Harris they've got shooters like you add a wing that pretty necessary um so yeah i mean makes sense and once again they're in the west so they need all the help they can get um and then from there 15 is weird weirdest pick 15 is very weird a lot of wizards fans family friends that were very unhappy with this troy brown from uh oregon from oregon i don't think
0: he's gonna play well with john wall and I also don't understand the Austin Rivers signing. And they're, they're in a weird, yeah. They're why in would you weir- get
1: those two players? They trade Gortat to say, save a million dollars, basically trading Gortat for um, Austin Rivers. Apparently, the rumor is that Gor- John Wall just hated Gar- Gortat. Huh. As or- Gortat said, or he, John Wall came out and said we need more athletic big men. But also, right now, <laughs> also right now, That's I mean, brutal. if you're if you're the Wizards, your starting five going into the season is Jan Mahimi. So like, you've got a bunch of guards. You've got Otto Porter and uh, um, Kelly Oubre. You've got a lot of similar, a lot of similar players. Um, they're in a weird spot, so like, I, I, I just Ernie Grunfeld. It. People are are calling for his head because it's been a lot of weird drafts. But who knows? Uh,
0: Seventeen. The Milwaukee Bucks get the Michael Jordan of Delaware, Dante mm. Divincenzo.
1: I like the pick.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, this guy. This guy played his way into the first round, so you know. We'll see. Um, they needed some more offense. He, he he's aggressive. He's confident. Go out there and get some
1: buckets, and we'll see. So this is my only thing with it. I like it, but I also didn't realize how many guards they have as well. Like point, like they've got Eric Bledsoe, Matthew Dellavedova. All right, we'll put Dellavedo on the bench. Brandon Jennings. Yep. Dante Divincenzo. Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon. Um, so it's five. Yeah. Guys, I mean, five guys, and then obviously Giannis. But like. Bledsoe, Delvadova, Jennings, Divincenzo, and Brogdon. Some Delhi's going to lose minutes. They yeah. ju- I was surprised they re-signed Brandon or they they're keeping Brandon Jennings, um, but I I think he fits well. Gives you some outside shooting and and, and nobly space space the floor and I like the pick. I'm, yeah. fair, I'm fine with it. We were kind of high on him going in.
0: Yeah, 18 Lonnie Walker to the Spurs. I love this pick. Awesome I think, pick. Um, this is another one where it was like, how did this guy? You know, this guy was at some people had him projected top 10, like as, I am as going high to as that. It, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, I think the Spurs with who they are, their system, what they do, I think this is a, another good one. Another Danny green type, you know,
1: player. Right. I mean, a cool story for him. I saw him post on Instagram. He like bought his first apartment and it was like basically a kid growing that. up in like Reading, Pennsylvania, Shout basically not being able to like his mom couldn't afford this and that and staying with other people. now, um, awesome story to see him yep. uh, get there. Interesting dude. I didn't realize that he was very uh, kind of out there. Him trying He's, to put a hat on was pretty remarkable at the yeah, but, as well. His hair <laughs> was crazy. Um, I like the pick. And then 19, um, Kevin Hoarder, we talked about. Yeah, uh, two Atlanta. City, City Rocks kid. More, Atlanta, shooting. More shooting. More shooting. I mean, young, He's a young I mean, yeah. More shooting. I was, I was almost. I was kind of surprised he came out that early, or he came out from Maryland. But yeah. I mean, hey, when you're going top twenty in the draft and you, you go. do well in your workouts, you go. Um, next twentieth, Joshua Koji. Uh, he he got he got
0: slept on just because Georgia Tech wasn't good, um, but he was really really good for he Georgia Tech. He was very good, really yeah. really. Good. I
1: I still didn't see him going this high. I thought it'd be very late first or maybe early second, but apparently he um, crushed the combine. That yeah. was kind
0: of what maybe maybe pushed him over the edge. I don't and know.
1: then twenty one is another one that was very. I am sitting in my, on my couch with Kelly, and sh- and we see hear the name Grace and Allen come across. She's like, what?
0: 21 to
1: Utah. That, she's like, he's getting drafted. Not only is she he's getting drafted. I was like, yeah, he's going to get drafted. She's like, first round? Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but people forget, I mean, how, how good of an athlete Grayson Allen is. Yep. Good sure. I mean, I, I think.
0: Good athlete. Very good shooter. They they said that in his in his workouts, like, he would legitimately miss less than 10 shots every workout. Was crushing Can he it. Be a Him a poor, and Donovan
1: Mitchell Can he be a, be a poor man's Gordon Hayward in, uh, in Utah? That's the goal. I think literally that's it. I, I, I like, I actually like, as much as I can't stand Grayson Allen, I love the pick. I, I, yeah, I think it's awesome. It's, awesome we awesome always pick. talk
0: about it, especially in the NBA. It's all about fit. I think that I think he fits well there. Yep. So we'll see. I, I also want him to just be like the most hated NBA player of all time. So go let's go for do it.
1: man. you got him with the coach by a dookie, too. And, and I, saying, that, so. Yeah,
0: don't forget about that little connection. Uh, 22, the Bulls go with Chandler Hutchison out of Boise State. That was like a rumor for a while that they had been eyeing him. him. Yeah, I got to yeah. be honest with you. I think I've seen him play twice. Um, all I've done is really read about him. I know he's a solid player. Another guy who's kind of like, um, you know, low floor, yep. uh, low ceiling, just a solid kind of guy that can plug and play and, and yep. see what he's
1: got. Um, then we go to the Pacers, Pacers with uh, the last of the Holiday brothers, Aaron Holiday. That was pretty cool to see all those three guys. Three like, brothers
0: in the NBA is absurd. Three brothers. Hasn't been done since, what, the Berries? Something like Brand, that. and... I don't. All I know is – I forget all the other names. Yeah. But I don't even think they were playing together, were they? Dude, I don't even
1: know. I can't remember. Shout but to I like
0: it. the pick. I like the pick for the Pacers.
1: That's pretty cool. Um, Pretty cool for him. I think he's going to do well. I think uh, – I don't know if he's going to be a long-term starting point guard in this league, but I think he'll carve out a nice niche for himself and yep. and, and should be fine. Fits a need for them as well. Yep. Um, 24 is 24, weird. Anthony Simons. For Portland. So, obviously, Portland is known because they have one of the best backcourts in the, in the league. And I immediately got text and I get it. Um, it was like, why do you draft a kid that has only played high school basketball? You know, he was supposed to go to Louisville, didn't, just stayed at IMG, but was able to come out. Um, this is high risk, high reward. Um, I think. High risk. I think maybe they're thinking that CJ McCollum might not be, or Damian Lure, like one of the two might go eventually and they want to develop a guy like that. Um, because eventually we also see they also take Gary Trent, too. I was
0: just going to say, So, they take like, you two take guards. two
1: guards when you, you're obviously your two best positions are point guard and shooting guard. Um, but who knows? I mean, maybe they can develop him behind them. You can't play them all together. Um, it would be very tough to do that. But um, I don't know. A lot of people don't know a lot about Anthony Simons. I know he's super talented, but it's a very, very, very risky pick. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe you throw him in the G League for a while and just have him play down there. But Still, in the day and age of GMs or what have you done for me lately, and you're picking a guy with your first-round pick that you might not see play for a while. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 25,
0: I really like this pick for the Lakers, Mo Wagner. I think he's Mozgov 2.0, especially with LeBron coming to town. So I like that pick, just kind of a solid guy who can, you know, Get in there,
1: do it was, little things. Yeah. I'm okay it was with cool that. to see like how happy he—he you know, he was sitting. He wasn't obviously in the green room. He was up in the stands. <laughs> so they, was and they showed him. That, yeah, Grayson, Grayson was came too. Down Grayson from, from the, the stands, stand. they showed him when basically his agent got the call and just how emotional he was. I mean, the dude, like, can you imagine? By all accounts, I mean, he seems like a really—he's a passionate dude. He's probably the most like um, one of the most talkative guys in college basketball, and really is always. Into it, um, cool to see me his journey, and, and obviously I'm sure he's gonna be happy to play with LeBron now. Yeah, um, that's not bad. And then going to the Sixers, um, Landry Shamit, which another he, shooter. Dude's played well two years at Wichita State. Yeah, um, they've got a bunch of guards and yeah. Does already, he take but,
0: McConnell's place? Like, what are they gonna do with uh, McConnell I don't know. now? I don't know.
1: Um, he could be he could also be an asset too if you're trying to trade for somebody. Yeah. You can you can send him um, somewhere else like San Antonio, but. Now this one especially Dude, after Celtics mess now, up I don't know if they I mean it could be incredible value or it could be like they just picked like they just made an awful pick but Robert Williams from Texas A&M um, who now as we are speaking today has he missed he overslept and missed his introductory press conference or conference call conference call yeah conference call and then now what was it he missed his flight for summer league and missed the first practice of summer league Yep I mean, how do you do um, so like that? Like everyone, man. as soon as the pick came in, they're like, "We got to steal. We yeah. got Robert Williams, who everyone thought might go at twelve to the Clippers. We got yeah. him at twenty-seven, and we it fills a need for us." But now, now look, we, we will say, "I'm not we, judging him." Yeah, we, this we
0: have no idea what's happening. There could be a family issue or something. It, who knows? But it certainly seems that it's it, it isn't that. No one no one really knows the details. But what are you doing? How do you mess this up?
1: How can you miss these things? It's weird. I mean, you got it. we 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 talk about it. I mean, with the guys later in the, in the interview, but like the steps you have to take to be a professional, it's like, this is your career. This is, this there's is, nothing else. There's nothing else. You're there's not focused on academics anymore. It's like you take the steps for your career and your life. Um, but round out the first round of the last few picks here, um, Jacob Evans from Cincinnati goes to the Warriors. I like this pick. Um, it's cool. Kind of Got another like, positionalist guy. Positionalist guy. Just go run around. I mean, around. I mean they've, they've hit well with like their draft picks at these yeah. stages. Yep. Um, whether it's obviously trading and getting Jordan Bell, whether yep. it's Ian uh, – Ian, uh, oh, the kid from Belmont. Um, who am I thinking of? Oh, uh, yeah. Ian Clark. Yep. Um, he, they, they, they were able to find gems. They always are able to kind of find some gems or just – Guys that fit into roles, mm-hmm. um, but uh, cool pick from them. Um, Brooklyn had an interesting draft. They got two European guys. So, and the thought process is Zanin Musa. The thought process yeah. I think was behind this: they want to stash him, yeah, um, so they can just save as much cap space. But they'll have two max slots next year. They can go after guys. I think yeah. they just want to save as much um, as possible there. Uh, and then the last pick of the first round. Um, it's cool to see another Villanova guy, but Omari Spellman goes to the Hawks. We talked about just gather as much young talent as possible um, and um, and just let them play. Yeah, I like Spellman. Any like other guy, any other notable guy, I mean, we're not going to have to go through the whole second round, but any guys that you liked in the second round?
0: I like Javon Carter, to the Grizzlies. I think he's going to be a very solid back up slash
1: maybe I don't think it'll that Tony start. Allen mentality. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah.
0: I love Javon Carter. I think he'll play for five to eight years in this league for sure.
1: Um, Devante Graham going to Charlotte was kind of cool going hometown, like yep. situation. He signed with Jordan as well. So you've got like, you kind of kind of in the cards. Yep. Um,
0: I'm going to be interested to see how Hamadou Diallo does. Yep. Um he, I know every everyone he's knows to he's athletic, but he's going to have to figure out everything else of this game. He's uh, going to
1: OKC with my boy Devin Hall. Yep. So you've got um yep. kind of I mean they're very different the fact that I mean, they both play kind of their shoot off-ball shooting guards. How Diallo is an athletic freak. Devin Hall, not as much, but he's got a much better jump shot. Yep. Um, so they can kind of play around with that. And I think they both have a chance to get minutes there.
0: Yeah, um, I, I really like D'Anthony Melton. Um, if he didn't get caught up with the whole NCAA thing, um, I think he goes even higher than that. But uh, to the Rockets, too, he can learn with Chris Paul. I mean, I think that's a really good fit.
1: Yep, and then Svi Mikhailuk was an interesting pick because we talked about how the Lakers need shooting. He ha- he hasn't signed his deal yet, so they could um, stash him or, I, or they could do a lot of things with him. But that's probably the best shooter on the uh, if they sign him to on the Lakers right now. They picked him up with a 47th pick, which is insane. Um, Svi Mikhailuk. and um, once again, like we said before, I like the uh, the Gary Trent Jr. Um, move, but as a backup to yeah, both those those guys. guys but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, Nick swung pretty high with Mitchell Robinson. Hopefully, they can get something out of him. So yeah. um, interesting, uh, interesting picks there. Last thing that we want to touch on, um, which is uh, basically we're NCAA. We've talked all about the changes that the uh, committee on the college basketball and Condoleezza Rice wants to make. Um, but essentially, they have come up with a proposal. And interesting is the NABC is involved with this, which is, as everyone knows, National Basketball Coaches. Um, they basically want to change in the way that summer circuits run, the way that summer circuits are operated, who can be where, where kids are playing. Um, essentially, the major changes is they want to re- replace the July AAU tournaments, the Adidas gauntlet, the Nike UIBL, the Under Armour circuit, with four regional camps through, basically through, reg- through USA Basketball um, basically, coaching staffs from each college across the country, um, NCAA Division One teams, they nominate 35 players that are allowed to attend. Now, this is where
0: it makes zero sense because what the hell is the Wagner coaching staff going to nominate? They're not going to be recruiting any of the 35 players. It, yep. This is the top 1%. This is like not to get political, but it's classic politicians. Like you make a one thing to change and it only affects the top 1%. Yep. That's it. It affects the 8th, the the Power 5 conferences and no one else.
1: It's interesting. I I don't like the way that's set up. And then essentially they're going to have it coached basically by NBA players players and G League coaches. What are we doing? My thing with this is like how hard it is to learn. I mean you want these guys developing playing team basketball and I get right now the shoe circuits aren't. Necessarily, like it's not the, the best brand of sure. basketball, sure. but you're basically throwing kids together for like a weekend. It's like, all right, play th- these four days, um, and then basically the best players from those regional camps will, attend, will basically go to an elite camp. Um, the April. So, for those that don't know, the way it's laid out now in April. So for EYBL, for example, you have two weekends this year. One session in Indy, one session in Dallas. Each team plays four games. Then it's dead. Uh, college coaches can't go. But they play two other sessions that they can go. They can watch the film. They can um, they can buy the film. They can watch the live streams. But the coaches can't be there. And then it ramps right back up in July. Essentially, they're going to keep the April the same and then wipe out July, though, with all this NCAA stuff. Um, and essentially, gotcha. like right now, I think Adidas, Nike, Under Armour, they're all taking the stance It's like, we're still going to operate the same way because we're confident the best kids are still going to play here.
0: Yeah, so that's where it's going to get very interesting is it's going to – again, this can hurt the kids. That That's all the NCAA enjoys doing is, is possibly hurting the actual players. But, okay, so now next – let's say this all goes into effect even though – I don't know if it's going to happen this year. But let's say it all goes into effect in August. Next summer, kids are going to have a choice – and the logical choice is well, maybe they won't because if they're voting, how does the voting work? I don't know. But basically, the top 35 players are going to be at the NCAA events, and then everyone else is going to be on the circuit still, so it's not getting basically, recruited.
1: In June and July, it'll be 2,000 to 3,000 athletes. Um, camps will be on rotating cam- campuses, and 700 or so um, will compete at the other camp. And it's what they're trying to do. They say and. Jeff Goodman played this way. The objective is to try to take some of the power away from the AAU coaches and give it back to the high school coaches. This is more co- college will have more access to events run by high schools in the summer, so like team camps and open gyms. They're going to let um, guys go that, but as you and I both know, I mean, the high school recruiting game just as much as the circuit is almost it can be just as corrupt as the shoe circuits. Of I mean, course. you've got prep schools, you have got I mean fake basketball high schools that are accredited through other schools like the biggest thing is they don't want the shoe circuits to be in charge but you're going to ju- if you're going to put it in the hands of another corrupt organization what does that do for what does that do for the game
0: yeah um, i'm i'm um, i'm also yeah what they're doing i don't agree with but i'm also very confused as to like the nabc basically being off. behind it yeah which is um, very
1: odd which um, is is
0: i mean is that just a power move from somebody even higher than I mean, I, I don't get it. It um, is weird.
1: And it, at the end of the day, what it comes back to with me is we said this right when the original um, the original recommendations came out is how many of these members on this committee or NABC. How many, obviously, NABC is one thing. Those are the coaches. But how many of these people are making these decisions are actually at these events, yeah. seeing the landscape of it, and understanding how they operate? Because
0: maybe, I think we looked at it, maybe
1: four. Because I mean, it, it just seems like oh, it's an easy decision. We'll just do this other event and was. But I, don't, I still think Nike and Under Armour and Diaz, they'll still run their teams. I think you're gonna tell me that Cole Anthony is the top guard in the country is just gonna like stop playing with PSA Cardinals, the, yeah? And why? to like why? Yeah. join a team of basically unknown guys from across the country that like for a couple of random weekends. I mean. It's hard, and when the, especially when the coaches can still buy the film, they can still watch it and evaluate it. Now, if NCAA takes that away, yeah, yeah, they're out of luck. But yeah, the live streaming uh, companies are, are in the money right now. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely for sure. Um, so but, we'll see.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see you know when this comes about, if it comes about this year, and then the reaction from the shoe companies. That is going to be the most important part. Um, But without further ado, we are now going to be joined uh, for the first time ever on the Greenlight Podcast, a couple uh, players, which is going to be great. Um, We are going to be joined by Jojo Cooper, who just graduated from Wagner College, and Austin Tillman, who just graduated from Monmouth University. Awesome interview. These guys are now in the process to go overseas. Uh, So check it out now. All right, we are now joined by Jojo Cooper from Wagner College and Austin Tillman from Monmouth University. Fellas, what's going on? How are you guys doing? I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. So, listen, we're going to we're going to get the obvious out of the way. Both of you guys are from Wilmington, Delaware. There's another uh, famous Delaware kid that just got drafted that <laughs> apparently goes by the Michael Jordan of Delaware. I can't see that being okay with you guys. Is that true?
2: <laughs> uh I mean uh, none of us never really called him but Michael Jordan of Delaware, I think the ESPN guys like made that up. Um but that's, to take nothing away from him, he's a great player and we're all happy uh that he that he got drafted. there. Obviously he be from Delaware. Uh, so we're we'll definitely be proud about that. Definitely. Right.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, for everyone who, uh, I should have said it, but for everyone who does not know that Nick, that infamous nickname, we're talking about Dante DiVincenzo from Villanova. Um, the second thing we have to settle, obviously you guys being from the same state, same town, when was the last time you played one-on-one and who won? <laughs> last time we played one-on-one? Um, I don't
3: think we, we even played one-on-one lately.
0: But uh, well, then we got to get that going right yeah. now. Who's, who's winning right now then? That's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> we back
2: on. We yeah, we, we on. haven't we haven't played like a one on one game, but we've been in workouts. Uh, we've been in workouts together where it's been like one on one at the end of the end of the workout, but it's been like eight people.
0: So like the one on ones been rotated. <laughs> okay, all right, you, you guys know, listen. So
2: there hasn't been like a specific
0: one on one yet. Kevin's got you guys are you guys are media trained, man. Oh, I was you? ready. I was ready for some trash talk. You guys already got this down. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jojo, I want to start with you really quick, man. You just had a really uh, a, a fantastic career, but a really really good year uh, as your senior year at Wagner College. You're one of only two players in the NCAA to average 14 points, five rebounds, six assists, and one and a half steals, which is unbelievable. Um, how was your four year career there? You know, and, and before even getting to college, how how heavily were you recruited? Why'd you pick Wagner? Um, and then going all the way to a senior year, I mean, you guys had an unbelievable run.
3: Okay, uh, just to start with the, uh, with the year I had, I, I got to give credit to my teammates, my coaches. Uh, they really pushed me, you know, to be myself. They allowed me to play my game and allowed me to be comfortable on the court. So um, I, I give credit to them, first and foremost. And um, my whole journey coming to college, when I was in high school, uh, I wasn't really recruited as highly. Um I was also playing uh, football when I was growing up um, in high school so I was back and forth and I have three goddesses for basketball um, which were Robert Morris, mom at the university and Wagner and I just came up to uh, campus and me and Bashir um, Mason um, we just we hit it off I felt like this was the right place for me he, he told me I could be an impact player and stuff like that so i just wanted to like kind of follow his footsteps and um and i feel like it would be it would ultimately lead me to the best road, i guess for my success and what else um did you ask?
0: no i mean that that was that that was pretty perfect man i um I actually got uh, a chance to probably coached against you for a year. I uh, coached at Central Connecticut from 2013 to 2014, (laughs) so I'm actually trying to go back and look and see how you did against us. I hope we game-planned well enough.
3: (laughs) I don't know. I could could tell you I only took one loss to Central
0: Connecticut. One loss? That's it? Yeah, let me tell you something. I hated going to Wagner, man. We always lost to you guys. (laughs) We always lost. (laughs)
3: I remember uh, I came down there my sophomore year and um, actually not my sophomore year, my freshman year uh, and, and y'all guys hit a buzzer with like .4 on the clock and it was a full court pass. So like that was that was the only memory I have of losing to you guys. But other well, than that, you know. Yeah. That's had, not bad. We had, we had a
0: little yeah, that's a that's a pretty good record right there, my man um austin i'm gonna kick it to you uh one thing that i really uh saw that kind of stood out to me especially you know i I coach aau now and and i'm gonna start coaching high school here in the city and one thing we're seeing more and more is just the lack of patience uh for kids starting at a ridiculous young age i mean fifth sixth graders jumping teams switching schools reclassifying it's insane and one thing that really stood out to me uh is you started as a freshman you played uh 15 minutes then sophomore year he played seventeen. Then junior year he played twenty, and then senior year he played thirty-three. Um, so to me, that just exudes patience. That's a lot of people will transfer after one year, uh, even if it's not even that bad. Because I think we're just such in a society that the grass is always greener. Um, you know what? What made you stay, and, and w- who taught you that patience? Um, I think it was just.
2: Uh, the way that I grew up, uh, I think my my parents installed that in me <coughs> at an uh, early young age. Um, just to, to, just to be patient with things. Uh, everything is not going to come the second you want it, or everything is not going to happen when you want it. You have to, you know, continue to grind and continue to, you know, keep your head down and be patient. Um, and that's the one thing. That's the one thing I did throughout my whole career, at Uh There was times where I knew. Or I, I thought I could be playing more, or um, you know I should be starting ahead of people. Uh, but the coaches, the coaching staff had the right thing in mind, and um, everything was everything worked out because um, I stayed patient. I never hated. Uh, I just I just continued to grind, um, and then everything worked out in the best. Um, and I just believed in my team. I knew uh, my freshman and sophomore year we had really good players ahead of me. Um, so, you know, I just, I just played my role really well. I was a defensive guy, mostly. I didn't do any, you know, offensive impacts. Um, but my main role, uh, whether or not people knew it, was to get guys ready in practice. You know, I was doing really well in practice, um, and that contributed to games. So, I just stayed down and grinded, and I just waited my turn.
0: Man, I need you to come talk to my kids, because that was pretty (laughs) perfect. Um... I, I, str- I struggle with them with that. You know, they, they want everything right away, right now. And, and so that, uh definitely going to invite you to come talk to them. That's for sure. Um, I definitely have to talk about uh, your triple-double against Yale. Anytime anybody does that, I mean, it's ridiculously impressive, number one. But number two, it, when at any point during the game, were you did you know you were close? And then was it something that you were trying for? Or were you just out there like in a mode, just kind of balling out and it just happened?
2: Uh, I think I was just in the mode. This was the first game that uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with our team, uh, but one of our best players, Michael Seabrook, wasn't playing that game.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: he was hurt. Um, and <clears throat> that game, uh, I really just had to step up. And even like when the game started, I was just doing everything. I was passing, I was rebounding, but it didn't feel like I was getting a triple double until halftime. Uh, one of my assistant coaches, I asked one of my assistant coaches, I said, how many assists do I have? Uh, and he said, not enough. And we both laughed because we both knew I had a lot, but I didn't know. Um, and then as the game kept going, I was just doing everything. Um, and then it came down to, uh, I want to say, about two minutes left in the game. And I got fouled, and I only had nine points. And I had to make the free throws. And the coach, uh, our coach called me over and was
1: like, yeah, you, know, you better make these free throws.
3: <laughs> I knew I <laughs> That's when I knew I was
2: kind
1: of close to getting a triple double. So. definitely, and obviously, going hand in hand, hand in hand with that, um, obviously, it takes the right people around you, and 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 you've got some tough decisions to make. But on the court, I mean, what are you guys doing now to to prepare for the pro level to make that jump from uh, from Division One basketball to to being a professional basketball player? What are you guys working on? On the court, what are you doing day to day now uh, to prepare for your, your first season as a pro? Uh, I
2: think. Okay. Oh, go ahead, Go ahead. No, you got it. You got it. I think uh, the main thing is uh, just using my time now. With uh, we were in college, you had to there was classes, you know, practice. Uh, but you had to find maybe two or three times to work out. Now, being a professional, we're out of college. Now we have time to really work on our craft all day. So now we're in the gym, you know, three, four times. Then we're getting to the weight room. So now we're actually getting to work on the things that we need to work on. You know, for me, basically, I need to work on my jump shot. So I'm in the gym two or three times a day just getting a lot of jumpers up because that's that's the one thing I struggle with, and that's the one thing the scouts and the people that are, you know, um, well, me to come on their team, stuff like that. They're scouting me. They wanted to see a clean cool jump shot. So now, uh, one of those things that i work working on uh, is just shooting, shooting a lot. So I have a lot of time to do that, which is good. Nice. Um, just, just to basically piggyback off of Austin, um,
3: being a pro is
2: is
3: is just being consistent, and I think that's one thing I, I want to uh, improve. Um, and my game is just being consistent, you know, uh, can't have games where, you know, you make one out of five threes or, you know, something like that. So for me, it's just getting in the gym, getting a lot of reps up, um, working on stuff that I wasn't so comfortable with in college, like, uh, a long three ball or my setbacks or, you know, just, just different, um. Mm-hmm. Different, um, uh, what would I say? Different actions that you see in the game. I just want to work on that, and <laughs> I think I have been, and I think I've been improving.
0: Austin, we'll kick it back to you. But um, you know, what do you think your biggest strengths are in in your game, and, and how they uh you know evolve throughout your college career?
2: I think one of the biggest strengths of uh, my game, uh, being a point guard, was just leading the team. Um, and, and just being a true point guard. I, I always knew how to run a team. I always knew how to uh, get guys to follow me and get guys to do uh, the things that I wanted to do and to be that coach on the court. Um, leadership, that's that's one of the big things that's huge for me. Um, that's one of the reasons why we did so well in this North Carolina camp. My team was winning. We went 3-0. Uh, I was running a point. Dudes just followed what I was doing, so we were able to uh to move the ball and you know and set the plays up that the coach wanted and execute the right way so my big thing is just being a leader out there on the court um having guys being able to follow me and that was that was me since freshman year even though i wasn't playing i always knew how to get guys to follow me nice
1: no that that, that's awesome and and uh jojo what, what about you Basically said exactly what I was. Doing. <laughs> it's crazy. we
3: up in the same place. We got similar games, but you know, one thing I always, I always did everywhere I went was try to be a leader on my team. Try to be the coach on the court, like Austin said. Um, one thing that I also take pride in is defense. You know, my my defensive tenacity. I think it just gets guys going. It brings life to the game. It's, brings energy to my teammates and stuff like that so um yeah just
1: setting the tone on defense and getting the crowd and stuff into it I like it It plays a huge part in college basketball but yeah being a leader is number one and and that's
3: that's what I
1: pride myself on the, the most I got I got a question for for each you guys and this is something I know uh Awesome, you guys. Uh, I know you guys played at Virginia this year. I'm a big Virginia guy. I know you mm-hmm. played Kentucky. I know in your four year career, what what would you guys say was probably the most difficult environment for for you to play in? Um, I could go right
2: back. I have two games in own, but the first the first difficult game is my actually first game in college. We played we went up uh, to West Virginia, we played Mountaineers. Okay. Um, I thought I thought I was ready because I've been killing in practice preseason. I felt like I was ready. I was I was ready. So coach put me in the first the first two times I touched the ball I turned it over because of the press. You know West Virginia has like the craziest press.
1: Oh yeah.
2: I turned it over. I was like, wow, this this is different. I got back in. At the second half, I turned it over two more times. I was just like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for it. <laughs> I thought I was ready for it. <laughs> West Virginia was different, so that was just like one of the craziest environments um, that I played in. That was my first game. And then we played UCLA, um, and that was another crazy environment, yep. which I was in. Uh, but we happened to pull that game off, and we won
1: that one. Hey, that was you. awesome. That is, that is uh, that's awesome. What about, what about you, Joe?
3: Take it back to sophomore year. Um, we played uh, St. Bonaventure's and, and uh, the NIT first round. Okay. I'll say that, that was the craziest atmosphere I've ever been a part of. i um, not lying. It was no seats left. It was people standing up, you know.
1: And you Even all though, got the win, right? I'm looking at it now 79 75. Yeah, we definitely. We definitely, uh, Big time. So
3: that, that's, what, that's what made it even uh, a better experience. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm the point guard, so I'm coming down court, and I couldn't even hear myself. I'm trying to call the play, and I, all I could hear is vibrations. Like I couldn't <laughs> hear anything. So we ended up calling the timeout. Forget, you say what? Okay, I ended up calling the timeout. We went to the huddle and we we started to make up signs like for our plays. <laughs> we like, had a play call. Uh, we, we had a play call open, so I I threw an O up, or we had, we had a, 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 a W uh, a play call. I don't know, and I I threw like a W over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the craziest environment. But I mean, just like Arthur said, it's Chris because um, my my freshman uh, year. My first game, we played Maryland, and this is when they had uh, Mello Trumbull, uh, Des Wells, Jake Lehman. Yep. And they were – I think they were ranked preseason, I want to say top 15 or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that just woke me up to, like, college period because I remember uh, I was on the bench at the time. But, uh, like, it, it was just like a, a welcome – like, when I when – I, checked in it was just like a welcoming experience and it was just like as soon
0: as i got in like not even a minute of sweat uh deswell came down the lane and and threw it on one of my guys and it was just like damn welcome to college welcome to the league (laughs) yeah all those all those places are tough to play for sure um so we're gonna end on uh end on a a different note but we want to get your uh your opinion on the king? Obviously, LeBron going out to LA completely changes the the entire makeup of the league. But I don't know who you. I mean, who who are you guys? Uh, who'd you guys grow up rooting for? First of all, I'm a LeBron fan. Um, I'm not too happy with his decision to go out to LA, but I mean, he he had
3: to take down the Warriors somehow, so. I, I hope he
0: it together. I still don't think he's going to beat the Warriors. I still think they got him beat. He needs he needs one more guy to come help, right? I mean, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I
2: don't. I still don't see anybody beating the Warriors, honestly. Even though he's put together, he's putting together a good team out there. I still think the Warriors are going to win another championship. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't argue. On, it depends on
3: who they find coming up. Like, if they get like two shooters or three shooters that uh, fit how they want to play, I think I think it would be um, a good deal, and and they might match up well. I don't
1: know. Well, breaking breaking news on the on the pod right now. They just signed Rajon Rondo. So pretty much quite the opposite of a shooter. Oh, um, so we've got. So, so we've got Rondo heading to L.A. With, uh, with JaVale and Lance Stevenson and quite possibly one of the oddest right. rosters oddest ever rosters uh, ever compiled. But, hey, I, uh, I, I can't argue with you guys there. Rondo is liable
0: to just choke uh, Lonzo Ball one time if he steps out of line. Yeah. You know, those,
2: yeah. I don't know how those two are going to mesh. He doesn't have any real shoes around
0: him. I know. I was ready for L.A. to go. That's going to be the next couple
2: more.
0: Yeah, they got to get yeah, some they shooters. They have to get shooters. Yeah. Because
2: you, you will not be able to beat the Warriors just driving all game. Nah, Warriors no way. We're going to shoot you out the game.
0: Yeah, no way. Yeah, we're not going to shoot you out the game. Well, fellas, listen, man, we appreciate, uh, we appreciate you coming on. We wish you the best of luck this summer. And, uh... You know, for your future careers, uh, long and healthy careers, we hope. No doubt. Um, and we definitely want to have you uh, have you on in the next couple months. Once you guys go overseas and, and you guys are killing it, so we expect an invite for whatever country you guys land in, and uh, you know, fly first class, so the whole thing. Um, so we'll oh, see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you in a couple months. And uh, again, thank you guys so much, and, and we wish you the best of luck. All right, I appreciate it so much,
3: man. Thank you for
2: having us on here
0: absolutely we'll talk to you guys soon all right big shout out to jojo cooper and austin tillman uh, and kevin tarka of kta for hooking this all up really appreciate you guys coming on the pod Uh, we wish you guys the best of luck uh, we will be back at it probably in the next two weeks to kind of shake out the rest of the NBA free agency. Uh, my boy Reddick is back with
1: Philly, so I'm happy about that. But uh, college basketball schedules are starting to come out. You're yep. starting to see a little bit of that. Um, yep. The transfer market has slowed down. Yep. I'm kind of diving into, into some of that stuff. Um, it, it'll be interesting. And, and, uh To get some more content your way, we've been uh, been away for a while, but um, happy July 4, people. Enjoy it. Go America. Go America. Go Green Light. Going, going back, back back. to Cali. On that note, um, we will we'll see you later. And what's your, uh, your your famous last words? Keep the ball bouncing. Deuces.
0: Lately, I've been feeling like this what I've been
1: working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, then tell me what you're working for.
0: Certain doors are closed, but now they're opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Boom, Slush Russell's up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.